The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Beyond, and hello and welcome to Podcast Beyond, episode 782. It's going to be the best episode of the year because it's the first episode of the year, and hopefully we won't up it next year. I'm Max Scoville, and I'm joined by Brian Altano. Happy New Year. Josh Dew. Hello. Happy New Year. And Akeem Lawanson. Now, <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome to the new year. We're here. My voice you, what, sucks. You, you, were like, you were like, I'm going to be low energy this episode. I have a frog in my throat. I'm very tired from my arduous vacation. And then I'm you go, just I'm come gonna, out of, shot out of a cannon, more energy than the rest of us. I'm yeah. going to try. I'm trying. I'm going to try through this episode. Now, just full disclosure, you know, it is, we are all just rolling out of, out of uh, the holiday break. It is very early in the year. It is January 3rd. It, uh, Consumer Electronics <laughs> Show CES has barely even kicked off. I think NVIDIA announced eight new graphics cards or something. Sony will have something getting shown off by the end of the week, but we don't know about that quite yet. We do have a handful of kind of bits of news and announcements. And also just, you know, we're just going to shoot the breeze for a little bit and have fun. Um, first and foremost, I want to talk about some of the big games that are coming out this year, because we know that there are a whole lot of games coming out in 2023. As far as Sony's exclusives go, like, you know, PS5, whether it's console exclusive or first party games, it's kind of, it's kind of slim. Like it's not a, there's not a huge long list of games, which isn't a huge problem because obviously there's tons of other games from, you know, third party multi-platform things that we can play. Um, but it's kind of interesting, which makes me I'm hoping that Sony's kind of playing things close to the chest, and we're going to get some major releases coming later on. But off the top of our heads, here's what we know about right now. Uh, there's Forspoken, which is out on the 24th. That's coming up very soon. There's a demo out now if you want to check it out. That is on January 24th. On 2.22, that is the release date for the PlayStation VR, which it feels like we're kind of downplaying that because it's a whole platform in and of itself. That's going to have apparently 20-plus launch titles. I don't, I don't know if we know all of them quite yet. There's a decent list kicking around, and apparently there's something like a hundred games in development. Um, we wanted to talk about it more today, but like we figured, something's going to come out of CES. Um, there'll be some sort of announcements, and like, it's. I think the big question there is sort of like what what can get ported uh, over there? Because I know there's like a bunch of PSVR one games that um, developers are sort of manually like mm-hmm. uh, recreating or or porting to PSVR two. Uh, it's got like a a whole new set of controllers and way more visual f- fidelity and all this other fun stuff. So it's not as simple as a drag and drop and your your existing software for PSVR won't work there. But yeah, we're. Th- I, th- I think they're going to start seriously ramping up talking about that very, very soon. Like we are, we are pretty close. There's, we were looking at footage of the, is that the, is that's the PSVR two and not the first one because you can tell uh, he's not holding controllers from 40 years ago. Of course there's a clown dial now. on them. Yeah, look at that. Now, one thing that's interesting is like we talk about sort of what makes a PS P, PSVR two exclusive. It presumably is something that's not on PSVR one, but mm-hmm. like there's also stuff getting ported over from Oculus Quest, which I don't know. Like I guess that does that make it a, like does Quest count as PC or does that count as a console? You know, like is, um, if it I mean, if it's only out for Quest and then it comes to PSVR two, is that still PSVR? Is that still console? I guess. Your Quest connects to your PC, but it also is technically like a closed ecosystem because you can just, it is standalone. Um, but Oculus also owns or funded a bunch of games that came to that platform, which kind of puts a question mark on whether stuff like Beat Saber or Resident Evil 4 VR can come to PSVR 2. Um, on the flip side, like PSVR 2 is getting Resident Evil Village VR exclusively, which is really, really cool. Like that, that to me, 
I'm 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 kind of wait and see on what Horizon could be, but Resident Evil Village in VR is to me like the the killer app on day one. I know it's like a two year old game, but like playing playing Resident Evil Seven in VR was a completely different experience from that game. And I'm like a big horror buff. I played through that game like five or six times. When I sat down to play it in VR, I was like, oh no, I'm gonna get the pants poopies. This is terrifying. <laughs> Yeah, Brian, I'm kind of curious, are, are you big on VR uh, to begin with? Or is this going to be like, like, is this going to get you into VR? So I, I bought PSVR on day one. I had an Oculus Quest 1. I have an Oculus Quest 2. I'm, I don't use those platforms very often anymore. Um, and a big part of that is in the last few years, next-gen consoles have come out. I got an OLED television. I have a kid. It's hard to like put a, a magical hat on and hide for a couple hours. That said, like, I think that what Sony's doing here is like they are very clearly trying to make the most powerful and best consumer level VR at an attractive price that's 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 even, you know, purchasable for any consumer out there. Like they're making something that's like ridiculously high end and really nice. Um, still has one cable, but I, th I think what they're doing is they're they're kind of swinging for the fences tech wise. But the software lineup for launch doesn't have me hooked yet. And looking at the fact that you can still pre-order this thing makes it me kind of wonder if it's going to have a much, well, I, I'll just say it right now, this will have a significantly more muted launch than the PS5 did. This You're not going to, I don't think you're going to see the same fervor for this thing. You're not going to see scalpers. You're not going to see, you know, um, it's it's sold out everywhere for a year straight i think you might actually see this thing on some shelves which is kind i don't of cool. i don't even think this is going to have the same fanfare as, as the first psvr because like right. vr at this point is kind of a known quantity mm -hmm. uh, it's still cool there's still plenty of places it can go there's lots of you know developments to be made but like we've seen what a you know console exclusive vr headset looks like and you know this obviously is improving on a lot of things it's got new controllers for starters that's that's dope but like mm -hmm. You know, again, people have, um, I think a lot, like, I'm speaking for myself, like, I jumped on PSVR 1, and I, I loved it. I had a great time with it. Uh, it had its it had its flaws in addition to its, you know, major, you know, charms. Um, but I feel like I kind of got my fix, you know? And I have an Oculus Quest kicking around that I barely use, and I don't really feel the need to, like, throw another 500 bucks into, you know, a platform that I don't fully spend a ton of time on, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, that said, like, I think it's very easy to look at this thing and being like, oh, this is way too expensive. It's going to have like a, you know, small, inst inst you know, launch lineup or whatever. It's, it doesn't seem like a huge, like, you know, we look at the sort of install base of the, the first PSVR where it's like something like, was it like less than 5% of PS4 owners jumped yeah. on it or whatever, but it still had like a pretty sizable number of users compared to other VR platforms at the time. Uh, I think, I think Quest has probably topped it by now. But the, that the said, thing with PSVR that was big was the attach rate. That was right. the big, like people would buy a headset and then they would buy a bunch of games. And I think that's like what Sony's banking on here. Again. Yeah. And I mean, the other thing is like, if you want to get into like really, like really good VR, like you, you need a PC, you know, like mm -hmm. the Quest yep. has some cool stuff, but exactly. like short of side loading and like hooking up that special cable or whatever, like you still, you still need a PC, but and we, we you know you look at the cost of a PS5 and a PSVR headset and that's like, you know, a thousand bucks and change and like that seems like a lot but that's like dirt cheap compared to a gaming pc yeah plus a vr headset you know it's it's the, it's a the like the yeah. lack of backwards compatibility um which obviously i understand the technical reasoning behind that but still it kind of stings as somebody that amassed a pretty decent psvr1 library plus like the the lack of official reporting that this thing will connect to pcs in an official capacity, right? Like we we know that like fans will probably figure that out. Fans figured out how to make PSVR one connect to PC. But like Sony has not revealed that that's a thing that this thing can do. So right now they're just saying, this is a $550 headset. These are the games it's getting. It, your old games don't work and it doesn't connect to PC officially. So I think that that so far has created what what feels like sort of a muted like response from, from uh, the audience. Although that I think that like the people who are into this are really into this and I'm, I'm really hoping that like they go in and make this thing a hit early on because it's it's a weird thing like you need a bunch of early adopters to prove that this is a viable platform to uh, port games to produce games to uh, and without that um, it won't get a big library but people won't buy into this ecosystem until they know that that's there to begin with. So you have this kind of, you know, yeah. chicken and egg thing going on. <clears throat> I feel like a lot of VR enthusiasts are definitely going to jump on this yep. just because you know, that that's what that's their bread and butter. 
like for me, uh, like the reason I got like the Quest um, and the Quest 2 is because I could hook it up to my PC. What, one of the things uh, about the PSVR 2, like if, if I knew going in that it could actually hook up to my PC, because I, I, you know, I mean, I do, I play games on PC as well. I don't want to leave that particular like sector out of my, my game. If I'm paying $500 for this headset, I, I want to, you know, I want to be able to like, you know, hook it up to my PC and play games that aren't just available on, on my PS5, you know, mm -hmm. so. Uh, for for me, that that's like a I'm, I'm a little bit standoffish. There's no games available right now or that I've seen, um, you know, that are attracting me like Horizon Call of the Mountain. Uh, I love Aloy, but I'm sorry. I, I'm, I, I'm 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 cooling on that until until I, I see some games that really stick out to me, you know, but, mm -hmm. you know, hopefully and I'm hoping this is Aloy's year for, for the for the game awards. I mean, I mean, she was done dirty last year. So, I mean, we'll see if she's, Horizon she's, Call she's of the Mountain. Fine. She's okay. She's, she's fine. I mean, she's okay. you guys, I think, know more about kind of the current state of VR than I do. Like, we, there's the quest I know about is, like, no wires. That's a yeah. huge plus, I would say. PSVR 2 still has wires. Like, why, even if you were a VR enthusiast, why would you even get PSVR 2, uh, Besides, like for its games, like tech-wise, does it have an edge over yes, any other yeah. hardware? Yeah, it's got like OLED screens. It's got these brand new controllers that have that take uh, advantage of like the DualSense technology that Sony put in the PS5 controllers, um, 3D audio, all that fun stuff. Um, it's just more powerful too. Like, I mean, I would say the, the the Quest is kind of an outlier in that it's self-contained. Yeah, like you you can plug it into a PC, but the fact that it's able to play games on its own is kind mm -hmm. of an anomaly in the sort of VR. Most, most of the other ones, yeah. it's like, it is a, you know, upscale peripheral. You plug into a larger box that does all the heavy lifting in terms of what you're seeing. Yeah. On it. You know, it's a, it's more of a display than an actual uh, platform. To um, me, like this, yeah. this was a, this wasn't even a competition in terms of just looking at what I would assume would sell more um, because the Oculus was, was crushing sales wise. It was, far and away the best-selling VR uh, kit. And that was after PSVR kind of led the way. Like, it's important to note that Sony trailblazed with PSVR 1, and that was the best-selling uh, VR headset for quite some time. But it was also going up against, like, Google Cardboard and a bunch of other crap that, like, it was... <laughs> it was Google you Cardboard. Know, there, there's a very good chance by the end of the week we have a whole bunch of new updates about what PSVR 2 is doing out of CES. Uh, you know, that is a very tech-centric latest bells and whistles high-tech doodads and whatnots and i feel port, like PSVR port spider man puts i want to throw up put spider that yes yeah, <laughs> peter parker's ultimate barf simulator 2023 get in there um but yeah on, on top of horizon there's also kazuna i touch the beat which is a rhythm game based on a vr or like a virtual youtuber i guess uh so there's that. Yeah. I think there's other ones. I think, it's, are, I think yeah. it's Kazuna AI, Kazuna like artificial AI. In, intelligence. But, it, but I also means love in Japanese. It cannot. Can it be both? <laughs> it can be. Yes. Both. It can. can. AI is love. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, there's also <laughs> those are both launch titles. Um, then fast forward four months, and there's Final Fantasy 16, which is huge. That is a big one. That is, uh, yeah. I mean, that's a that's the first properly brand new Final Fantasy we've gotten in a cool minute. I guess. Well, I mean, I guess since. 15 as, as count, that's how counting works <laughs> but uh this feels like i mean i like from announcement to release this feels like a very quick turnaround and it's kind of nice to get back on track with that because we've seen a lot of like you know long tail announcements like ps uh what is it um ff7 remake got announced what five years before it came out and then 15 was in the works since like the mid ps3 era and then 13 came out in multiple parts and they just you know kept trying to make lightning a thing and like it this one, it's like, hey, here's a new game we're working on. It's going to come out soon. Okay, it's coming out really soon. Here's the release date. All right, it's coming out. It's That's, I don't know, oddly refreshing. It feels like a, how video games used to oh, come yeah. out. I, I love it when games do that. I don't like to hear a game announcement and then be like, coming with no date. Yeah. And we're like, oh, okay, so you guys barely started on this. And it's not this coming one's, out for This one's years. also kind of interesting because it's like catering to, it, it feels like it's sort of tailoring to what people want from a Final Fantasy game. And after you've way more than 16 entries there's sort of different expectations this is not open world it is not like weirdly modernized magical realism like you know you know there's no there's no diesel punk or cyberpunk or like dudes in parkas driving around in cars you know it's like very much like this is traditional uh medieval fantasy 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 uh but it's in a, in a, it's it's sort of structured areas as opposed to like a giant sprawling open world which i, I know a lot of people have gotten kind of tired of uh and then it's also but it is still real-time combat, which is a sort of newer addition to what people expect of um, a Final Fantasy game. And I, 
you know, that's interesting to see. I'm, I'm, I don't know, really, really curious about this one. Me too. Yeah. Uh, this episode of Podcast Beyond is brought to you by NordVPN, a great way to protect yourself online while also improving your overall experience while enjoying cyberspace. Are you tired of streaming shows, movies, or sporting events being unavailable in your region due to draconian restrictions that are based on completely arbitrary geographical boundaries in physical meat space? Well, switch your virtual location to a place where that's no longer an issue. The same goes for shopping. You can get the best possible deal on subscriptions, flights, hotels, and other goods and services like that from websites that like to play favorites with certain territories and currencies. Meanwhile, encrypted traffic protects your data from hackers, viruses, malware, phishing sites, and other harmful hitchhikers of the information superhighway. Though really, it's more of an information autobahn because there is no speed limit with NordVPN. It is the fastest VPN in the world, so there won't be any buffering or lagging, and it'll stop your ISP from throttling your bandwidth. Isn't that nice? One NordVPN account can be used across six devices, which is great. My wife has been using our account to watch all sorts of awful British reality TV shows that aren't available here, like Argument Island or Half-Naked Idiots Fall in Love, and everyone's favorite, The Worst People Just Got Married, Let's Hear Them Talk About It. Shows that are so bad, they're blocked in our part of the world for our own good, but luckily, NordVPN allows her to trick the internet into thinking she's in the UK, so she and her awful friends can shriek and howl and cackle at the TV while I'm trying to relax. I've been using my VPN too. You know what I've been using it for? None of your business. Yep, that's right. And thanks to NordVPN, my data is safely encrypted, all bundled up in a weighted security blanket of incomprehensibly complex math problems, and nobody can tell what it's doing under there. Data, you do your thing. I'll leave you alone. One month of NordVPN coverage costs less than a cup of coffee. Coffee can't protect you from cyber criminals unless you throw it at them or pour it on their computers, and you'll probably get in trouble for doing that. So get NordVPN instead. To get the best possible discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash pobeyond. That link will also give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Again, that is nordvpn.com slash pobeyond. And now, back to the show. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, all right, so then of course there's the sort of question mark area. We've got Goodbye Volcano High, which is slated for mid-2023. This is the uh, indie darling, um, angsty teenage dinosaur yeah. high schoolers. It's it's exciting, yeah. It's it's a cinematic narrative, and it's it's about like the end, I believe, of like, of, of high school for for this character named Fang, and uh, you you know he's he's ending a chapter in they're ending a chapter in their life, and, and they're starting a new one, and it's 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 a love story essentially. It's is what it is, and it looks cool. Like as someone who's like a huge fan of like Steven Universe, Adventure Time, like animation in general, this this first piqued my interest when we saw this. I believe it was back in twenty twenty. I believe it was back in 2020 uh, that we saw this revealed. It was supposed to come out last year. Uh, got pushed back for, for you know, slew of reasons. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to this one just because it's. I mean, like I love dinosaurs, uh, <laughs> and it's the animation style is pretty cool. And just a, a cinematic narrative uh, game is. I don't know. It's always refreshing playing those. This is so from I'm, Co-op, who did. Um, they did Nog, which was a, a PSVR mm. game turned, I guess, regular. PlayStation game, which I, I really adored, but it was the furthest thing from a cinematic narrative. Like, that was a very much, like, kind of pop-up booky puzzle-type game. Mm -hmm. And this seems like a complete departure. Uh, they put out a handful of other games since then. Well, I guess a couple, but they didn't... Neither one of them came to consoles. One was, a I think, a mobile game. The other one was just PC-exclusive. Mm -hmm. But, you know, they, they've... I love the art direction that comes out of that studio, so I'm, I'm curious about this one. And, you know, Teenage Angst with Dinosaurs, what's not to love? <laughs> I'm trying yeah. to f figure out the logistics of how the Triceratops gets a pullover hoodie over the <laughs> the horns. It's just maybe that's yeah. why they're they're sad. 
seems like there's really like a better a zip up would be a better option for a triceratops yeah. you know? <laughs> there's also a comet in the logo or a meteor and i wonder if this game yeah. will end with everybody dying that would i mean be josh it. they're going to a place called volcano high yeah so, I, mean, goodbye <laughs> in the title, so. I mean it's either the comet's gonna get them or the volcano so no, i think there's a reason why it's coming to an end you know wow i like That's the idea of knowing that there's a comet hurtling towards earth and you're like i'm gonna go to high school still <laughs> Would, yeah, this feels just... very like teenager, like, oh, the world's ending anyway. Like, what do we have to live for? It'll be mm -hmm. very angsty. I'm into it. Yeah, why not? Um, then, of course, there's uh, speaking of things with like meteors and the logo, I guess there's FF7 Rebirth, which uh, is coming out sometime in the fall. That is part two of the Final Fantasy VII Remake trilogy. I'm I'm stoked on this. I'm excited to see where this goes. I loved I loved the full on FF7 Remake sort of up until the end and then I feel like it just kind of went off the rails and then this is I think I'm I'm skeptical to see where this goes you know like I'm not a, I'm not even like a diehard fan of the original I just thought it, it got very kind of like uh ethereal and, and out there as opposed to like the character driven stuff that I was more interested in but uh you know since then we've gotten the uh crisis core and there was also the the sort of side story uh, what mm -hmm. the hell was it called the the one with Yuffie um, you know, like a apples and oranges, obviously, but like the fact that this game is going to be released in several parts over the course of potentially three console generations is pretty wild considering in like a few months, I'm going to be playing Resident Evil 4 remake. That's just the game. Like, I don't know if they'll cut anything, but um, it's it's just it's just crazy to me that they, they took this game and they they stretched it out to this point. Yeah. I yeah, wonder I mean, if they're... we'll ever see other games that do that, like, mm -hmm. The Last of Us Part One, Part One. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's on like PS Seven. Yeah, if it's like when the Winter logo popped up in The Last of Us, they were like, "Okay, thanks, we'll see you in 2026." <laughs> yeah, it's a, a divisive concept. I'm sure the complete edition will be a, a launch title for for PS Six. Um, then there's Spider Man Two, also slated for fall. That was sort of leaked via somebody's, um, I don't know, their LinkedIn or something. Uh, saying that that's which I think a lot of us could have probably speculated. That's awesome to hear. Dying to play this game, Spider Man. What? What? Yeah. Yeah. And Insomniac around the holidays just continued to uh, confirm and tweet about this game coming, and it just looks awesome. Like I've been yeah. replaying uh, the original and Miles on Steam Deck, and I I downloaded them both again on PS Five just to play it on a big TV, and it's like they're just there's they're perfect video games. I mean, there's. I have some issues with like some of the side content and you know, okay, I won't call them perfect video games. Yeah, they, mechani <laughs> mechanically swinging around the cities and beating people up is amazing. I don't want to do yeah. Doc Ock's stupid puzzles ever again or swing through the fart clouds and collect samples or whatever. I, that stuff is not great. But the fart clouds was not great. That was no. But when you're actually playing as Spider-Man, swinging around, running on walls and punching people in the face, they're, they're pretty damn perfect. Yeah. So, I think Miles Morales was like a really good showcase for like Insomniac knowing what their flaws were with the first game. I think mm -hmm. the first game was like, okay, there's a, something really amazing here that if they just chopped all this stuff off, it'd be like a 10 out of 10. And then Miles got a lot closer to that, I think, by like taking out terrible puzzles that nobody liked. Uh, the uh, the so budget hope, yeah. the budget price on that I think helped right like they were like totally. we'll, we'll we'll knock some money off the MSRP and there will be less expectations that this is like a gigantic twenty something hour game and I think it totally worked in its favor I really like that approach like having replayed the original Spider Man recently like every single time they're like go back to Doc Ox lab and you know fuck around on his laptop or like you got to be Mary Jane <laughs> and hide in the museum it's like I don't want to do any of that like. I, no pun intended, but it, it slows the game to a crawl, and I I just want to swing around and beat people up. So I don't want to crawl. I want to wall crawl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and this Ooh. one's gonna have venom in it, which is very cool, and it's gonna yeah. you know tee us up for their next game, which is Wolverine, which I don't think is coming this year at all. But still, like God, they're wizards. They are. They are. I've said this before, but the, what it, what Insomniac is doing for the PS5 is insane. Like the fact that we got Ratchet, we got uh, Miles. Uh, we're getting Spider-Man 2 and we're getting Wolverine. It's like, that is just incredible first-party support from an incredible studio. Totally. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm dying for that. I'm very excited for this game to come out so that then they can make Wolverine come out because I just want Wolverine. <laughs> uh, finally on this list, I'm, we might be missing something. C cut us some slack. There's also Eternites, which is 
slated sometime for 2023. This guy, this is one of those ones that got shoved somewhere in the state of play or something or other, and it's a uh, action RPG dungeon crawler crossed with a dating sim. So not all of us googling Eternites right at this moment. Like, I, think I see everybody on their computer. Yeah, all of a sudden. I actually Eternites. I did not know what this game was. No, I mean yeah, this me is either. this. I, I don't know. This didn't particularly grab me, but I'm I'm. I don't know. It, it looks all right. I dig the, I dig the aesthetic a bit. It's it's definitely. I don't know. I'm, I'm yeah. It's got an anime vibe to it. Yeah. Um. Kind of. You know. Reminds me of like a. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to insult the 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 devs behind this. I, I was gonna say a, a poor man's persona. Um. But again, I don't want to. I don't. You know. Shout out to y'all for 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 making this. I mean, like the dating sim aspect. I mean that that's reminiscent of 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 every persona game I've ever played. So, um, ah. you, you piqued my interest when you said that. I don't know. Yes. I, I like I like games that kind of like have that as like a side, as, as an addition to to the main to the main mm-hmm. gameplay. When it comes yeah. to RPGs, I just got reminded this was the game that had press R two to hold hands. So oh right, yeah yeah, yeah. sold, yeah. <laughs> Did you say sold? Sold. 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 <laughs> I've always wanted to hold hands. Uh, yeah, I mean no, the trigger is the best. Ico? That. That's what Ico was all about, holding hands, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of hand yeah, holding in that that's, game. It's good. Yeah. So this is uh, what this is weird. I'm on the website. This is from Studio Sci. I don't think they've done anything else. Uh, that's this is weird. They have an FAQ section, and it says, "Who are, are we? Tar- what are the target platforms? PS4, PS5, PS PC. When is the release date? 2023. Is this developed in Unreal or Unity? Unity. I feel like a better question might have been like, what engine is this running in? But it's like, all right, what, sh- maybe they Unity. got that question cool. a lot. Yeah. Will there be voice acting? Yes, every line will have voice act. That's an odd epic. Anyway, that game's coming out sometime <laughs> this year. Uh, so yeah, they were but, frequently asked. A lot of people asked those questions. That's Is fair. Yeah, Unity yeah. or or iCloud. You know, we 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 talked about PSVR for a bit, and so I don't want to backtrack on it. But I do want to say real quick, I forgot to mention, it's absolute garbage that there isn't an Astrobot game for that that system at launch. Like, oh, where's yeah. where's where's that dude? And his, and his robot friends. Like, he was there on PS5, he's there on wow. PSVR. You, like, you show up with the new tech, you, you show people why it's fun, you let me collect, you know, like a, the PlayStation Eye controller. You got, he, was, he was crawling around inside a PSP and the UMD got stuck in there and he's trapped inside. It happens. Yeah. His family can't get Play, out. PlayStation mm-hmm. goes through like mascots like very quickly. Yes, they do. Yeah, they do. they do. I think they do two games only. We got two Knacks, we got two Astrobots. Yep. So I think they got to, I guess they're coming up with a new one. Yeah. All right. So moving on. Those those are the games. Some those, <laughs> those are some games that are coming out. Let us know which ones you look you forward to, that? and I'm sure somebody will be like very mad that we forgot something. There's Astrobot. Look at him go. Yeah, you can rub, you can rub the zipper and open the zipper. Honestly, ah. don't say these things. This is a family show. What's wrong Use with your you? fingers to, to open Stop. the zipper. All right, cut it, cut it, shut it down. All right. Um, <laughs> here's the arguably the biggest news that is remotely relevant to PlayStation this week is Hitman Three is being rebranded as World of Assassination. Which is making it so that if you buy Hitman 3, you get Hitman's Hitsman 1 and 2, which is awesome. Because when they first put this out at the beginning of 2020, 20, whenever the hell, 2021, I don't remember what year it is. Wait, I don't know what year it is right now. It was a while ago. Anyway, they, they made an entirely new, beautiful PS5 engine for Hitman 3. It was phenomenal. It was great. It had all sorts of haptic stuff. And better than that, they basically made it so Hitman 1 and 2 ran in there. So it pretty much felt like they made, you know, they did two full remasters no big deal and then mm-hmm. threw it out there um i got completely hooked on three after the first two not sticking and then i went back and basically bought the first two and played through all of them and now that's not a that's not an issue so if you uh you know if you buy three you get all of it that's cool it doesn't it leaves out like a couple dlc packs which isn't the end of the world um and if you already own hitman three and you don't own the other two now you do which is phenomenal so you can just go in and play those together um this game is i it's it's so good it's mm-hmm. i think i, I put like a hundred something hours into it because it is just this wonderful like like rube goldberg machine approach to assassinations and i think up until now i was always like kind of treating it like a like metal gear where it's like you try to go in and like you try to be efficient and that's not always like it's not always the path of least resistance sometimes you're really kind of trying like you can't you can't check your entire list of things to try to do in one go like, it's very much the kind of game where, like, if you screw up and, and die, you, like, reload your save, maybe you get some new achievements along the way. Uh, I mean, some people play it, like, super efficiently. Like, we had a guy who I think, I think beat a mission in, like, it was, like, six seconds or something. 
It was something Jeez. obscene. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. basically just like he, he opens the mission, he just takes the gun out and points it like th- through a skylight, caps somebody <laughs> in the head, and then they're done. That way, and they, there's a video of us showing it to one of the devs, and he was like, "What's wrong with you? We spent, we spent years <laughs> making that level." Um, but no, like I, I, I am just. I want to go back and play this again some more. The only thing I think it's missing, um, there's DLC for Hitman 2, which mm-hmm. includes two really awesome maps. One is uh, there's like a New York bank heist level, which is just it's it's so good. Like you can you can basically like like you are like you're trying to do a hit in this bank while there's also like a bank robbery happening. I think, and you can partake in it. Like there's a, it, this, I don't know these games. If you haven't given them a shot, like. Check them out. Like, keep an eye out for Hitman Three being on sale because that is a that is a massive amount of bang for your buck. I want to uh, play this again, just looking at it. Um, yeah, they are, they are apparently sort of like delisting one and two and folding everything into this like one skew, which is basically their hub, mm-hmm. um, which I think a lot of devs are trying to do now. But I will add that um, these games are low key some of the funniest video games ever made. Like there's, <laughs> there's some absolutely goofy, silly nonsense in this game that some of it is your fault and others, like there's a little bit, like you can see in the footage right now, there's like a little bit of Home Alone that, <laughs> that comes with this. <laughs> like you're setting silly traps for people. You can like clog toilets and like the chef runs in and he's like, God damn it, someone keeps clogging the toilet. And then you shoot him in the head and steal his clothes. Like all this fun stuff like that. It's, it's very, very, very silly. Um, the thing I, can, I love about it, yeah. like this, this team is, is working on a, a James Bond game. That's right. Game, yeah. Which is, I don't know when that we're ever going to see that. I think they just announced like the logo and the it's like Project 007. Um, they're so they're so well suited to doing that because every single like little optional achievement or like sort of challenge in these games is effectively a James Bond one-liner, where it'll be like, <laughs> I don't know, it'll be like sex appeal, and it's like make someone slip on a banana, banana peel, or <laughs> you know, which is totally like something where like you know, Sean Connor be like, oh, I never saw the appeal in that one. It's just it's yeah, yeah. just like yeah. Josh, uh, have you rec- played these games? I tried the demo uh, okay. on Steam, that is, so it's like one level, and I was, I heard before I played it that Hitman Three started going for this more interactive sandbox puzzle thing, which how, which is always how I approached like stealth levels anyway in games. Yeah. So I was like really intrigued, and I was yeah, I, I had a blast. Like I was waiting for like the full game to go on sale or something. Yeah, I think um, you should you should definitely play it, um, and because I, I feel like you'd get you'd get a lot of mileage out of this. It's just very, very silly. Yeah. I I love like in stealth games, just trying to be like really perfectionist and trying to go for just like that perfect stupid run. Uh, And like Hitman, like seems like, I think early in their series, right? They kind of went to like, they were trying to be cool and like stealthy. Mm -hmm. And then I think with Hitman three, I've heard they kind of just refined it and been like, okay, no, this is what we're doing now. This is how our tone is. There's there's like every like, other video game in that there's the there's the sort of core forefront marketing friendly coolness like there's yeah. the there's the slick ass barcode on the neck agent 47 badass thing and then there's always been silliness in the margins like I remember yeah. one of the first yeah. things on my radar for this game uh, was that there's like I don't know one of the games you could like you could like peek through a keyhole and there are people having sex mm-hmm. and it was just like completely not related to the mission <laughs> at all it was just like this is just a weird detail and I was like this is kind of interesting and in that sense it very much is it's very Metal Gear like. Yeah. There's there's a, just, it's yeah. There's a lot of crowd-based uh, levels in 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 some of these, especially in the new one. Which like I think like when we think about stealth games historically, it's sort of just like oh, there's a guard, you gotta sneak past them. But in this, it's just sort of like you're at a dinner party and there's a lot of people there. Uh oh. Mm-hmm. And like when you screw up, there's like 40 people are like, what the hell is wrong with that man? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is. I mean, this is the kind of news we're dealing with this week. But breaking Hitman is great. Check yep. it out. Go play it. <laughs> Now, push the guy's um, head in the toilet. Speaking of stealth and Metal Gear and all that, I wish they would make more Metal Gear. Maybe they will. Konami has teased new developments for familiar series and unannounced new projects in the works. Wowzers. What a vague thing to say. Um, We do know about the Silent Hill stuff. We got that huge sort of, well, you know, downpour of announcements that they're going to remake too, and they're making a new one, and there's a, a narrative experience or something or other in the works. That's all very exciting. I know, you know, people are skeptical because we've seen kind of, we've seen Capcom basically revisit all the original Resident Evil stuff and do a wonderful job kind of taking what made those original games appealing and breathe new life into them. At the same time, making new entries that take some new risks and try some new things. And it's a huge departure from what Capcom was doing, I don't know, around, you know, Resident Evil 6 time where people were just like, what, 
what is any of this? Umbrella Corps? Get out of here. Mm -hmm. And I feel like Konami is very much in a position where they could kind of write the course and do some new things, but, like, we're kind of waiting to see what happens with that. There have been rumors flying around for ages that we're going to see remakes, remake or remakes of Metal Gear Solid in some form, which seems like a no-brainer because it's one of the most beloved franchises ever, and it's, like, kind of... It's kind of difficult to play the originals in this day and age. Like, it... You know, you can you can check out five easy enough, but the other ones are like, it's it's a pain in the ass to track them down and get them get them running. Konami mm -hmm. briefly delisted some of them for some dumb reason. Um, the thing I'm wondering about is if we're gonna see, if we're gonna see them dust off Metal Gear, it is almost certainly gonna be without Kojima's involvement. And I know yeah. that's gonna be a huge bone of contention for a lot of people. But the weird thing is, it is that is, Metal Gear games without Kojima have been around almost as long as Metal Gear games, like. Kojima didn't work on the original NES version of Metal Gear. Uh, it was originally for the... He worked on the MSX version. The NES port was other people. And then there was the... There was infamously Snake's Revenge, which was the sort of American-targeted, more beat-em-up approach that is totally disconnected from any official Metal Gear stuff. And then, obviously, since then, there have been, you know, uh, the infamous Metal Gear Survive, which people were not wild about, though my understanding is it was, like, you know, not, not the worst game ever made. It just kind of came out in very odd circumstances and then of course there's metal gear rising revengeance which kicks ass and people love yep. that game and kojima wasn't really involved with that he started working on revengeance in some capacity and then kicked it off to platinum games and they carried it to the finish line and you know everyone loved it and you know i, I know i like I, I adore kojima's work and there's there's no downplaying his involvement and his impact on this series given that it's his baby but like you know at a certain point maybe somebody else is going to take the reins and do cool stuff with it and i'm i'm you know, I know, I know the the official mantra is "fuck Konami," and you know that's fair enough. But I'm also kind of like, all right, what are they up to though? Like, are we gonna yeah. get a Metal Gear game? No, you bring up a lot of really good points, and I think it's like it's been it's been kind of long enough that I think people are open now to to seeing what's next with this franchise. You mentioned like the Resident Evil stuff. I think that's like a really that's a, a really kind of astute comparison because, like. The Resident Evil series was kind of floundering here and there. And I mean, in some ways, like it's, it's, you know, it's, it's stronger than ever, but at the same time, like they just launched reverse, which like nobody's really playing and didn't really review well and is exclusive to people who purchased eight and got a code basically. And so like, that's kind of in a weird spot, but they did do village. It's coming to PSVR. They are doing Resident Evil 4 remake, but they also didn't have like a major massive falling out with somebody that people consider to be synonymous with the, with the IP. Like Shinji Mikami's obviously off doing his own thing, but like he wasn't on stage at the game awards, basically being like, you know, F Konami or whatever. And so like, I think that their play right now, the best thing that they could possibly do is remake one or two. Like you have to take one of the original, you know, PlayStation Metal Gear games, remake it, get back in the good graces of fans again, show people that this is what this game could look like running on a modern engine, bring it to new audiences, you know, uh, appeal to old audiences the same way. Like that's what Re that's what Capcom did with RE2 and then RE3 they're doing with RE4. Like I think that's a really smart way to sort of like bridge the old and the new, bring a bunch of fans in who've never played one of these games before and be like, this is what this series is, this is what it's about. And I think there's less like, people wouldn't be as upset if they remade a game that was already pretty perfect um, as long as they kind of maintain the DNA. They, I don't think people would be mad that Kojima isn't directly attached to it as long as they didn't just like totally screw it up. Well, right? Yeah, like twin snakes. Right, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, I feel like it, it would definitely make sense for them to just like remake uh, one of the uh, one of the previous Metal Gear games. And, and with their track record, it might be the second one. Who knows? Mm -hmm. I mean, like, like I still question why start with Silent Hill 2 when Silent Hill 1 was such a was also just as perfect. So, um, yep. Th th so I'm, I'm assuming that if th that is the 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 familiar series we're talking about i mean it could be frogger or i mean it could be anything i mean <laughs> so i mean but obviously it makes sense that it's it's probably going to be it's likely metal gear um but yeah i feel like just starting with one of the previous games just to kind of test the waters get the audience hype and then if yep you know we can talk about like if we want to just like fast forward and make a new game or if there's a new game in development yeah the thing i'm curious then, about is is like so crash bandicoot basically did that like we got the you know the insane trilogy which yeah. totally took all the original architecture we saw spyro have that too where it was like mm -hmm. you, you don't you don't screw with the original formula you just give it like 
kind of fresh ingredients like a fresh coat yep. of paint it's really really nice paint i think calling it paint is even kind of underselling it like they took the architecture all of the guts are still there it plays like maybe a few changes of like quality of life stuff but it's like not as much of a drastic overhaul as you know say the resident evil remakes uh, or mm-hmm. you know final fantasy 7 but with metal gear there's definitely room to take the first one metal gear solid and just give it a complete graphical overhaul but have it kind of control like the original did which you know, it's it would still be there's still a good game to play in there. There's there's definitely some, you know, it's it's got some older sensibilities in a lot of ways. But I think it would be possible to kind of adjust those, and and make it still work. But I think also a lot of people after playing, you know, 25 years worth of updated Metal Gear games or more recent ones, not 25, I guess 20 years. Uh, you know, even going for going back to like, you know, two or three or four after playing five is like kind of a huge. It, it's a huge leap. It's, it feels like a step backwards because five is such a huge, massive overhaul of what the you know the mechanics of those games are, mm-hmm. and that's you know one of the inherent problems of, of video games is like if you jump, you know, you jump back a few generations, it's it it feels it feels clunky, it feels different, and you know some people long for that, some people want that kind of classic feel, but yeah, like you know you change too much and it's it's gonna piss people off. You don't change enough and it's gonna yep not attract new fans. It's also like they they kind of course corrected in the wrong direction with twin snakes where they added a bunch of modern mechanics for the time that broke the game like they're like oh there's a first person mode now and you can just shoot the bosses in the head from around the corner and then game over also like that game is about it's going to turn 20 next year and it's still locked to the nintendo gamecube and never got ported anywhere else so it's like remaking the original metal gear it makes perfect sense like restarting that series from from scratch and then just kind of going like here's a remake of the original then we'll remake two i don't know if they'll go to three and and four afterwards but like starting with one or one and two would be really interesting because then you've got the engine running you've got the assets you've got basically the systems and mechanics in play and you can start to build something new like I don't, I don't know i feel like we are long enough removed from the kojima breakup and he's off doing his own thing that like is obviously going extremely well for him um you know he built a brand new studio he launched a new franchise he's got a, a couple of kind of irons in the fire right now like it sounds like he's working on several different games and ips which is really really cool so i think it's been long enough that people are like will i think people will be okay with somebody trying out a new director coming on and taking on this series yeah, I, I I could see like a remake happening a la Final Fantasy Seven. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like, you know, this this remake of FF Seven like really brought a lot of people into that game for the first time. Like, do you? Is, I haven't played the first Metal Gear. I've only played Metal Gear Four, and I've seen a lot of Five. So I know what the vibe of that gameplay is. Like, do you think they would? like have to update the gameplay a little bit if they were to remake it in a similar style oh yeah like okay metal gear solid one is effectively an isometric game it has like yeah. some dynamic camera angles but like you don't even control the camera you can go into first person but you can't shoot you can just look which is kind mm-hmm. of odd uh it's you know it's it's definitely a very sort of alien control scheme compared to anything anything modern uh even just being able to sort of um i guess it was you, you couldn't control the camera until three i don't think like even going back to two is a little bit a little bit clunky wow but yeah yeah, it's it's a you know different kind of vibe to it i could one thing they could do to definitely endear themselves to fans is bring back david Hayter as snake oh absolutely yeah Yeah. i mean that's that's sort of this you know uh you know obviously not having kojima around but a lot of people were pissed at kojima for getting rid of david Hayter. so if they were like hey guess guess what snake snake is back and he's not Kiefer sutherland this time (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah, I know. Like, yeah, that's that's a that's an important note because it's like that's purists and hardcore fans of that series were really upset about that, and Kojima was at the wheel at the time. So, you know, nobody's perfect, but yeah, I think you're totally right. Uh, again, if you look at like something like Resident Evil Two Remake, which is built off the architecture of a game that had locked camera angles and you know uh, basically like clunky polygons that were just kind of like tank controlling around a police station. Um, they remade that and they made it so it's it's a fully 3D game. Like Resident Evil 4 Remake is letting you run and gun at the same time, which the original historically never did. And a lot of people, when they try to go back and play that game, because um, I'm always talking about, I'm always telling people like, it holds up so well, it's really good. And they'll, and they'll be like, I can't run and shoot at the same time. And I'm like, just push through, I promise. But in 4, like the, the remake that's coming out in two months, they let you do that. And I don't think it breaks it. Like from what I played in the preview, it still feels really tense. Um, 
and and scary. So I love that. So I think there are ways to sort of like maintaining that DNA and also modernizing it in a way that like gamers in 2023 can be like, this doesn't feel like clunky and ancient, yeah. but it's it's also still maintains what why people love that game to begin with. Yeah. That that sounds good to me. Konami, take notes if you're doing if you're doing this, I will buy it. Yeah. There. That's, in the meantime, that's my guarantee. You, more copies. you, you can yeah. check out the latest Metal Gear Solid game in Pachinko form. Just go revisit <laughs> Snake Eater at your local Pachinko parlor. Have Yay. some cigarettes while you're there. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, don't tell our audience to have don't, cigarettes. Don't have cigarettes. But if you go to <laughs> yeah. a Pachinko parlor, you will have them inadvertently because the air there is made of cigarettes. I don't know where you're going to find it. Like, unless you go to Japan, you're not going to really find a Pachinko parlor. Unless, I don't, maybe, you, is there a Pachinko parlor in your town? Let us know in the comments below. Yeah, let yeah. us know, Pachinko. I want to play. Hell yeah, <laughs> Pachinko. It's in the game. Um, I want. I want smoke. <laughs> All right. Uh, finally, um, not finally. Um, we got PlayStation Plus games for January. Uh, there's some. Do there's some good ones here. We got Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, which is a kick-ass game. Get get in there. Get that. Uh, we adore that game. There's also Fallout 76, which is a. We'll come back to that in a second. There's also. Uh, Axiom Verge 2, which, um, Brian, didn't you do this? Didn't you do like the music for the first one or something? No, that was a uh, Zeo Drifter. I helped okay. out with some music on that game. So but Axiom Verge is awesome. It's it's basically uh, Metroidvania. Like the original is just straight up as close as you can get to an unofficial Metroid game, like right down to the sprite work and stuff like that. And two is not as good as the first one, but it's still really cool. I think that this is, this might be the strongest month they've had or at least had in a very long time like there are some absolute bangers here and like fallout 76 was a you know uh, a punchline for a while and kind of a running joke but that game grew to be this massive thing that is now a lot more functional than it was at launch it's got a huge audience behind it and i don't know getting that for free is not to like throw shade but like when i see the games with gold pop up on the xbox account every month i'm like is this like what are you guys doing over there is is someone is there a gun to your head telling you you have to <laughs> Because you don't need to do this anymore. Just cancel it. You know, yeah, just give people, just, yeah, just give people five bucks and store credit every month or something like that. <laughs> um, and then, uh, like Star Wars is awesome. Like we're getting a sequel to Fallen Order very soon, and this is your perfect, you know, uh, air quotes free way to uh, catch up and do homework because that the next game takes place uh, after this one does. So, mm -hmm. like this game's super cool. It's got it's a little rough around the edges. Like it was definitely you could feel like. There was, there's a little bit of jank. There, the camera might get stuck. You might, you know, Cal might get stuck in a wall every now and then. The map is kind of annoying. They went for like this like 3D kind of Metroid Prime type thing, and it just doesn't really work. But the combat's really fun. Traversal's pretty fun. Like exploration. The story's really awesome. Like I just I I dig this game a lot. That's I'm also, really glad you, we're getting a sequel. You played this game at launch, maybe pre-launch. Yep. Uh, it's been you know patched to high hell since then. I didn't. I I everyone's always like it's really rough around there. It's kind of buggy. I didn't run into any problems. Like maybe, Interesting. Wow. maybe like a little bit here and there, but like nothing, I don't remember anything. Like I don't remember that being my, an issue one bit. My main memory from that game is load, load times. Yeah. Uh, every time I died, I was like, oh, okay, I got to sit through this for a bit. So oh, I don't know yeah. if anybody's played it on PS5 yet. Like if they, maybe that stuff has gotten better, but mm -hmm. I guess I'll just install it and find out. Like maybe a replay with shorter load times would actually make it a lot more enjoyable for me. I still had a blast. Yeah. But that yeah, was it got a sticking point. It got an X-Gen patch, so I'm... I, I oh, okay, great. Like, yeah. yeah. I'll put this right out now. there for some people. If you're, if you're in my boat, like you're not a huge Star Wars fan, you can still appreciate this game and enjoy it. It's, it's, you don't need to be like a hardcore Star Wars fan to, to appreciate it, this particular game. So yeah, uh, definitely totally. check it out. It's a good-ass video yeah. game. We don't get enough games yeah. like this. Mm -hmm. But we're getting another one soon, so I guess maybe we do. Uh, <laughs> then speaking of games that have improved since launch, there's Fallout 76 is... Okay, we have a whole like 42 minute long video that Dale Driver put together for IGN Inside Stories about um, what fans of Fallout 76 have been doing in that game since launch. It is a fascinating watch. I highly recommend everyone go check it out. But basically, that game was a was an utter shit show when it came out. Like there were, I mean, it's you know that you know that a game has a rough launch if there's like class action lawsuits involved. And they were, <laughs> like there was like the fact that they were like you get a free canvas bag with the collector's edition, and then it showed up and it was like a shitty nylon bag. Like that was the that was the tip of the iceberg. There was so much weird. Like I remember the day one patch was the entire game. Like you had to like you literally had to like like install 
I think it was like a 47 gig patch or something. And it was like, that's Jeez. just the game. You just had to like pave over it, which was kind of nuts. But the good news is they've been, you know, supporting it since then. There've been a ton of updates. And most interestingly enough, like the, the fan base has been uh, yeah. alive and well. And they've, I think they've really been kind of carrying it. And uh, it's, it's also weird that this is, uh, this is the last Bethesda game. You know, like we've gotten Skyrim ported to everything, including Amazon Alexa. But like, this is the last, you know, Bethesda GameWorks like launch. We haven't like Starfield is coming out to you know for that other console soon enough. But like, this is it's been a cool minute since this came out. It's kind of weird to be like, oh, well they've they've just been working on that. It's they're they're still at it. So I don't know if you if you've always if you've ever been curious or you just you know want to see how <laughs> how rough it still is if it still is. I remember. I had I had an issue where my uh, my guy would just spawn without clothes on, mm -hmm. <laughs> but his body would be skinned with whatever with my power armor, so he just looked like a weird like Gumby power armor man. It was horrible, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean I had a good a good enough time with it. It's it's you know again this is f like what five year old information, but like at launch I was like this is this is not as good as Fallout, but I'm having a, a nice time, and it sounds like that is kind of gotten gotten better you know i don't know so mm -hmm. again you know free with playstation plus that's pretty cool like you said this is one of the best months they've had in a cool minute so let's hope they uh keep that up um yeah, go kill that lanky walrus yeah fight the lanky walrus anyway on that note we gotta um we gotta wrap things up but uh gentlemen thank you all for joining me for this episode of beyond we will be back next week hopefully with lots more stuff to talk about and um really there's no way we'll have uh less time to prepare the show you know like we really we literally had 90 minutes to get this together and you know what we got blood out of that stone sure it, might have, it might just been a few drops but we did it so Some thank PSVR you for sticking with blood. us yeah mm -hmm. the blood of the, <laughs> the blood, blood of, of the astrobot yeah um all right well thank you all for joining me uh, us and uh yeah beyond 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 Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.